Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message from Evangelist Ben Fitzgerald. Can you stay standing for a moment? Is that okay? Sorry. I'd rather not get you up and down. It's good for the abs, though. Um, I, Alex really, we didn't talk about what I'd share this morning, but Alex really uh, came in the Holy Spirit and I, I so admire the fact that he lingered a little bit there to, just to give thanks to the Lord. I really felt in my spirit before this week, in fact, I posted it on Instagram, I said, let's get together this Sunday and let's just give God a shout of thanks for what he did with Awakening Australia. So I just realized, I'm like, we didn't, because it all just passed so quickly, we didn't stop and have a moment and just reflect and just say, thank you, God. I mean, you have to understand this, there's hundreds of churches that were involved, but the Lord chose to really, for us as a family, Fire Church, to really be the ones at the front of the line. And that's a great honor and privilege. It's not only a sacrifice, but we should look back and go, look what just happened, my goodness, it was, it was less than a month ago, or just, just, sorry, excuse me, just over a month ago. And so why don't we just give God a huge shout of thanks and praise. Father, we thank you. We thank you so much, God. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, lift up your voice. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. You are worthy of all praise, God. Thank you for what you have done, Father. We give all the glory and honor to you, Jesus. We thank you for how you're awakening our country. We thank you for what you have done, Lord God. We thank you, Father, that you are faithful. We thank you, God, that your word remains true. Thank you, God, we give you praise. Thank you for all the people we know personally who got saved at that event. Thank you for all the thousands on the street who shared the gospel. Thank you, Lord God, for all the testimonies of healings of life-threatening illnesses that you healed. God, you are the healer. We give you praise. Thank you, Lord. Come on. If If there's one thing in the event you can remember, just give him thanks for it, for what he did. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father God. Praise you. Praise you. Thank you for those policemen who were saved. Thank you, Father, for all of the people who went on outreach, close to 10,000 people speaking about Jesus in our beloved city, Lord. Thank you, God. Do it again. Receive all the glory, Lord. Be magnified in our country. Be magnified in this nation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you that we were, even in finances, we were hundreds of thousands over. Thank you, Father. You are the God of not just enough, but you are the God of abundant provision. You are the God who says and performs, and and your word goes forth, Lord, and brings all the abundance of the world to your word. God, we give you praise for all that you did. We praise you for every human soul, every, every life, that was transformed in that week. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for choosing us too, Lord. Thank you for choosing our little lives to be part of something so historic. Thank you for choosing us as a family, as a church, to be part of something so historic. God, we ask you that you would grant us the honor of doing that again, of being a part of something like that again. Thank you, King of heaven. Thank you, Heavenly Father. 
praise your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we, we thank you. I thank you for what you shared with through Alex before, that we want to reflect on 2018, God, and give you praise. We want to give you praise even when we were, where we were challenged and we didn't understand at the moment. But God, after, we, we thank you anyway in, in the midst of it. We give you praise. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen. What a time that was. Five weeks ago, feels like a lifetime ago to me. I don't know if you've been busy, but I, I feels like a long time. It was only five weeks. Who, who was there in the Marvel Stadium? Who remembers the times of worship? Like, oh my goodness. Who was on the floor? Who came down to the floor? Oh man, I was near the floor. I was on the stage, kind of like right next to it. But, um, but I went down on the floor when Dan was leading on Saturday night with Dan and Ado and all the boys. When, when they were leading Saturday evening, I was on the floor and the presence of God was ridiculously strong on Saturday. I mean, it was, I was in champion, the song champion, and the floor was bending. So I don't know if you guys remember that, but on Saturday night, when Dan was like, you are a champion. Honestly, my favorite worship leader in the world to watch is, is Dan. Just because, well, for a few reasons, because a strong, such a strong anointing, but also the wildness, and I love his hair, how it just whips around, and he just looks wild. But I remember watching him lead champion, I was like, man, this is awesome. And the whole floor started bending as everybody began to jump. And then it just went from there into such a very, very deep place. And, uh, and I just remember that night, thousands of people responded to that altar call. What better thing can there be to be involved in watching human lives transformed, hey? Every single soul that was there was transformed by the glory of God. And uh, we just give you praise, God. You're so good. You're such a, a wonderful Jesus to, to have us involved as a family. And I really believe that fire as a family is going to be involved in a lot more things like that. And uh, that's just the beginning. I think that's God's wetting our appetite for what is possible. Amen. So, uh, well, guys, why don't you give someone a hug and uh, have a seat. And yeah, and I'm going to share the word of God with you. Hey, I'll give Jacob a hug. Hey, Jacob. This is my nephew, Jacob. You want to say hi? You want to say hi? Hi? Oh, he's slobbered on it. Hi? Hey. There you go, Sammy. He's a beautiful boy. There you go. So is this beautiful. You go, Sammy. I don't want this. <laughs> Sorry, I'm being a bit too personal. Okay, all right. Are you good this morning, church? Are you feeling good? Excited to be in church? Excited for the new year? Are you happy? Well, you must be Christians then. It's awesome. It's amazing to me when I meet uh, Christians who are depressed. Not that I'm not saying people don't go through hard things and struggles, etc. But they do. But <laughs> the mark of a believer, obviously, the first mark is love. But the second one is joy. Joy is extremely offensive to, to religious people and to the enemy. It's extremely offensive. When a Christian's happy, it's almost like there's nothing worse for the enemy. I don't understand, though, why sometimes the enemy makes it so serious following God or gives us such mindsets that, that cause us to be so rigid. God wants us to have joy. He, he wants us to express our love for him and have fun, amazing life. 
And, uh, you know, it says that Jesus actually, it says he had more joy than all of his companions put together. Isn't that good that you get to have so much joy? That, honestly, you have permission from God to be really happy about life. That, that's sometimes a big revelation for people. But you have permission in life to actually like it. It, it cracks me up that when someone watches a, a funny movie or listens to a comedian, they can just cackle hysterically, or even a believer sometimes can, can laugh, oh, that's the funniest thing I ever saw, or watch a, a weird YouTube clip or something. But then when it comes to God, we're very somber. It's in, important to be serious when the Lord's calling you to be. It's important to, be, to have that trembling of the fear of the Lord, but it's also important to laugh and, and, and rejoice in your salvation. It's important to be very hopeful and to think about your future with eyes of hope. Very, very important. All right, I'm gonna get serious a bit now. I better calm down. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. I pray that I'd share what, you, what is your vision for your church this morning. And God, we give you praise for this next year, for 2019. We are very, very excited for 2019. Father, we're provoked by you. And we wanna know, Lord, what it means to really take ground in the next year. And Father, I pray for every person here that their individual destiny, the individual paths that they're on, that Holy Spirit, you would help them this morning and give them even more tools of encouragement and more grace to go into the following year. In Jesus' mighty name. I was really provoked in my spirit. I was just in Florida, preached there a little bit, and uh, there's about six, six to 7,000 people. It was amazing. And uh, I watched these people just gather around the Lord Jesus as we did in Awakening, as we do here every week. We gather around to adore God. And it was such a strong presence of the Holy Spirit there. And it really awoke something in me personally. And I wanna share that with you today. But where it, a lot of this began was a while back when I begin to notice a pattern in my life and I feel that God wants to give you grace for the following year to protect something in your life that actually is everything to you, regardless of whether you know that it is or it isn't. And then I'll share prophetically what I feel the Lord's saying for Fire Church for 2019. Uh, there's a band called Upper Room. They're, they're very well known for a song that goes, this is how I fight my battles, like that. They're really well known for that song. And um, <laughs> your boy liked that one. He stopped there. He's like, oh. Um, they, they sung that song. But they're known as a worship ministry. Predominantly, their goal is to adore the Lord. They don't, they're not necessarily known for their preaching or teaching, although they preach and teach. Their predominant call from God is to adore God. They have a holy, they don't say this, but I would say it this way. You can sense in their worship a holy fascination they're fascinated by God. They're like little kids. I've been in many worship sets and, and you see, see different strengths and different graces come through. When I watched them worship, I was like, they're different. They're not better, they're just different. And the difference that they had was they were like kids. They're like little children. When they were worshiping the Lord, there was, they've got their in-ears, they have everything that they need, but there was zero feeling of professionalism, zero. It was almost the least professional worship set I'd ever seen. And what it felt like is that these people had stepped into a place of, of worship and adoration to God, where in the process that they're in of continually worshiping God, they're dying and coming alive at the same time. And they made this uh, jumper when, when they were there. One of the people from Upper Room wanted to give me a jumper. And, and, and so I was like, cool, I, I love clothes and good clothes. And so they made these, these cool jumpers and where they put Upper Room around the arm, it looked awesome. And so on the back, though, is a hoodie, and, and on the back it said, 2019, 
let's bring the ark back. But the reason why they did that is something like in American high schools, they'll say like, you know, 2019, the year, go Tigers or whatever, you know. But they, they wrote, let's bring the ark back, as in Team Jesus, let's get that ark on our shoulders again and let's bring back to the house of God what it means to adore him. Now, this statement's just a statement, let's bring the ark back, but it struck me and in my spirit when I was praying about this morning, the Lord showed me four things that are gonna happen next year that will be predominant themes for us personally and for us together corporately. And I'll talk about the three and then I'll talk about the main one at the end because the main one's the most important. But the first thing that I wanna tell you that this coming year in 2019, your church, our church, our family will be known as a family of multiplication. God showed me that there's gonna be specific lanes that are set up for people to run in, in a way that things are not scattered anymore, in a way that things aren't like, oh yeah, I'm doing that over here and that guy's doing that and and things are are just sort of happening everywhere, but there's gonna be new lanes and new places for us as a family to grow. And in the church, I don't mean just structurally, I mean like in the spirit. I feel like God is creating new lanes for you to grow in. And in this coming year as a church family, as a house, and also individually, you're gonna find in your life that where you're like, oh, I did this for a month and now I'm gonna join the worship team and I'm doing this. And you might've felt scattered. All of a sudden it might feel to you this coming year in 2019 that there's a new lane for you and it feels very much more clear than it has been. And that's what I sense the Lord's giving you, clarity for the coming year. Why that's important is because when you run in the correct lane, you can run. When you're in the wrong lane or when you're, you're dividing yourself too much, what happens is you kind of bump into yourself. You, you bump into yourself because you're, of your divided focus. And I really feel the Lord in the Spirit is gonna give us as a family next year an undivided focus in what you're called to do and how to multiply in that. So what that means is for a guy like me, I wanna multiply people. I want people in my life to get around my world and be able to do what I can do. I want them to to go, Ben, I wanna do an awakening in Singapore. I want people to come to me with that kind of request. I want them to feel their own individual purpose and vision coming outside of what I'm pressing through into with God or, or that something I'm pressing into gives them an idea, an inspiration, and then I can somehow support that. But the way I would support it is, is I wanna support them to find their right lane. And I feel the Lord is giving us the grace. It's such a grace when God shows you and unveils to you a little bit about where you should really be pointing your attention because then you don't feel scattered and you don't feel like you look back in the year and go, yeah, it was good. I was involved in some good things, but you feel like in 2019, you took ground and that's what God wants to do with us as a family. He wants to create new ways of thinking, new places of influence, new places of dreaming with the Lord. Now, for some of you, I really feel that the Lord will highlight certain areas, like he'll highlight there's businessmen and women. I don't like when they say businessmen. That, that annoys me a little bit because it's not just men who are in business. In fact, if you read Proverbs 31, the guy sits there and, and uh, he hangs out with God and with his friends and the woman is the trader and she's amazing. And she makes a lot of money actually. But uh, I, I like it when they say business people. But business people in this house, this coming year, God's gonna create new lanes for you to run in and new ideas. And I believe that that will even involve collaboration, things that you're not expecting, where maybe you and a few friends here who've never really caught up before, you both know you're entrepreneurs and, and you two wives or, or two women decide, you know what, we're gonna catch up, or five women, we're gonna catch up once every few weeks and we're gonna pray and say, God, would you give us a download of what you want to do in the earth? You know, I, I personally know of a story that uh, there was a man who created the, you know, the, the crossbow he got a vision from God, a blueprint in a dream about a, the, the best crossbow in the world, of how to make an arrow that is perfect. 
he got this vision. He didn't know a lot about it, but he wrote down what he got. That arrow became the world number one bestseller. What if God gives someone in this room a vision in 2019 for an Australian-type Instagram or the next thing that will help Australian people in publicans, in transport, in, in health? There's another man in our city in our, in our, from our nation named Dan Daniels. He prayed for, to God and asked God for vision and, and he really sought the Lord and, and God actually told him, I want you to run into business. He wanted to be a preacher, but he felt like God said, I want you to go into business as well. And he created and helped create those Sharpie things they have in hospitals where they, they put the needles in the steel box and that their business became worth a couple of hundred million in, in a matter of years. Is that important? No, the hundreds of millions is not. We don't live by money. We don't, certainly don't esteem ourselves by what's in our bank account. But what I'm saying is this, what God told him to do, he focused on his lane and the Lord gave him wisdom. In this coming year, God wants to give you wisdom for what you're actually called to do. So you don't feel like, yeah, I was part of the church. I attended. I was there behind everything. But you actually sense from the Lord, okay, this is my call. Or this is part of my call. That's one thing I said. Multiplication. When you know your lane, it really does multiply things because what happens is when you begin to run in it, it creates like a backdraft. People can see you're specifically focused on something that God said. When you focus like that, people jump on that vision. They do not jump. People don't jump on a divided vision. They, they walk with people that know where they're going. And that's what God's going to give us. So that's the first thing. Who, yeah, who feels like they receive that? Who, who feels that's now? I'm not just talking about businessmen. This could be an outreach focus. You could start teams where you multiply the teams of outreach. I personally would love to see our house here, and I've talked to Dan and Chelsea about this. Our house here to become a very missional house in terms of sending missionaries around the world. And what I mean by that is actually doing mission trips and teams, and and once a month we'll see on the fly the, the board up here we'll see that, the, hey, there's another trip coming now. There's a trip to Austria. There's a trip up to Arnhem Land. There's, there's actual trips where we go and we literally take ground and take the breakthroughs we receive here and take them out because we need to do that. Who here would love to come to Awakening Austria in six months? I would love it if a team came because there's gonna be a lot of work to do in Vienna and it's an amazing city. If you've ever seen The Sound of Music, you'll love Vienna. Um, <laughs> so uh, who's seen that movie, The Sound of Music? Some of you are like, weren't even born then, but uh, yeah. The Holy Spirit wants to give us as a church new lanes, new things to run in. The point I finished with at the end will make sense to that point. A business person doesn't focus their whole life on being a business person. They're a Jesus person. But they do have a, a specific mandate. I have a mandate. We all have an arrow. We all have a, a certain place in life that we need to focus our attention. For some of you, it might be being the most amazing teacher. And in your teaching, you learn how to bring the kingdom of God into that place. For some of you here, it might be that, you know, <laughs> you see some major flaws in uh, the Australian nursing, what I mean, I don't mean nursing as in medically, I mean the Australian nursing where children are dropped off to a nursery and, or dropped off to childcare and you see a major flaw in that and you're a, a mother at home and you think of an idea and that idea goes all across the country and all of a sudden you have influence with the whole childcare industry 
and also you have finance that you can then use for the kingdom of God's sake. Wouldn't it be amazing if in our church, even though we're humble people, we want to be more humble and, and we want to be low people, wouldn't it be incredible if many of us were also quite wealthy and influential people? Why would that be good? Now, some people have a problem with wealth. I don't, because God is very wealthy. And if you have a problem with wealth and blessing, you have a problem with God. I'm not saying riches as in like, give me a Ferrari. I deserve a Ferrari. That's stupidness. That's not what I'm talking about. That's selfishness. Nothing wrong with wanting a Ferrari, but I deserve this. And I, that's entitlement. But if God is telling you, I want to bless you. I don't want you to be in debt the rest of your life. And I don't want you to think in a way that's so poor that you can't even believe me that I'll bless your tithe. God wants us to think in, in a way where we understand his abundant provision so that in the earth we have influence. We're not meant to just exist here and be trampled on by the devil. We're meant to take ground. So that's what I mean by finding new lanes. God will show you stuff this year. It might be that you focus so much more of your time on music. It might be that you focus so much more of your time on soul winning. It might be that you're like, you know what? I, I didn't pray for my family. I wanted to pray every day at 7 p.m. and I forgot. I just, it fell off. But from, from this year, my father is getting saved. I'm not compromising this. That's what I mean, new lanes. That's gonna happen in our church family and it's gonna happen in you individually. You're gonna find incredible focus this coming year. Praise God. That's good, that's it. I want that, Dad. I want that so, so much. You know, God has been bothering my spirit to write this book called Breaking the Fear of Man and I've put it off and put it off and put it off and I put it off again. Each year I've put it off, it feels like more, not, not like a, not like I've missed something, but I realize I'm like, I have an opportunity that I'm responsible to answer to, and the only reason I'm not doing it is because I'm doing everything else but that. It's because I've, I've got one leg here and that leg there and that arm there and all this stuff, and, and God, I need to have some, some, a lane. And my assistant said to me, she said, Ben, what you need then if you're gonna do this, because I believe God wants you to do this, she said, you need to, to divide your time and make a new place for you to write that book. So she blocked off a week of my schedule for me to do nothing except write. If I hadn't blocked the week off, what I would have said to God at the end of 2019 is what I said to him at the end of last year. Oh, I wish I had have done more of that book. I know what I'll do, I'll do it on the plane. I used to tell my assistant, I'll do it on the plane. I didn't do it on the plane. Oh, I'll try and do it here. I didn't do it there. I'd land and someone would pick me up and then want, can you pray for me, Ben? Sure, I'll pray for you. And then can we go to dinner? Sure, I'll go to dinner. And I'd forget. Every time it would become a, a last priority. If as a church, we make our, our individual graces that God has given us a priority, then he can pour more grace on them. But it, it's, it's some of us are more like all-rounders. We just help and we serve and we do different things. But even the all-rounders in our house who kind of will put their hand to any plow and they just help, God honors that greatly, by the way. I'm not saying if you lack purpose and lack vision, you lack identity or lack value. That's not what I'm saying. I'm simply saying this, that the Lord wants to create in you and create in us as a family ways for us to find breakthrough. I believe that this coming year, the worship teams and the worship in our house will go to a whole nother level as a community. It won't just be worship teams, it'll be a worship community. I believe some of the most profound and deep songs that will adore the Lord throughout the earth are gonna come out of here. I personally believe that. Now, not so that we can go, oh, did you hear that we wrote that? It's not about that. It's so that it's some song that comes out of a heart that's looking to, to express. It's looking for room for expression. 
Some song will come out to adore the Lord and the Lord will be like, that was me. That was my heart in you. And heaven sing that song with us. That song will go around the world and people go, how did you do that? That's what they're doing with Upper Room. But the reason I see that in Upper Room is because they, they've committed themselves to bring back the ark. The reason they do that is because they've made it. This is what I'm gonna focus on. If it's something that's partial, it will have a partial effect. If I make awakening for myself, a partial vision, it won't have great effect. Amen? If I make it my goal, if I make it my lane, it'll be good. This year, God's gonna give you brand new lanes. I'm excited for you. I'm so excited for you. Because I believe, hey bro, hey buddy, I'm so excited for you. Because I believe our church is gonna be known as a place that, Great breakthrough happens not just in ministry in, in terms of praying for people and loving people, but we're gonna have real breakthrough in terms of the increase of his kingdom, in terms of creativity. I believe so much creativity is gonna come out of our house. I believe amazing media and film, things like this that God wants to use and wants to do, are gonna come out of our house. The next point that I feel, it's gonna be a year of souls. It's gonna be a year of, of, of promises for salvation. People that you did not think could be saved are gonna be added to our family. People that maybe we thought were hard, God's gonna break in a second. People that we thought are difficult people to reach that, that have, have something inside their life that is too dark or too whatever, we're not gonna judge them, but we're gonna love them and you're gonna see the fruit of that love in a very powerful way. I really believe the Holy Spirit's gonna breathe on this and discipleship. And discipleship's kind of carried a dirty word. It kind of means like you do everything for the one guy that you get saved and you cook him breakfast and you get at his house at 7 a.m. Discipleship is not that. You're not the one who disciples, God is. The Holy Spirit through us disciples people. But we need to understand we do have a mandate from the Lord to literally love the hell out of people. Meaning this, if they come to the Lord, we have a mandate to ring them when they start to stray. We have a mandate in our heart to say, hey, I'd love to catch up with you for coffee, man. Can we pray together? We have a mandate to be close to people. And I believe in 2019, there's gonna be disciples made in our house that will shock us. And there's gonna be, because of that, increase, which means there's more people. If I could say to you, we're gonna have more money, we're gonna have more pets here, we're gonna have a dog here, we're gonna have more, I don't know, more lights, but, or we could have more people, which one would you choose? Of course you'd choose people. Because the most valuable thing in your life is somebody you love. Well, God loves people. So it's a year of increase of people. So it's a year of finding our lane, a year of increase of people, and now, this one and the multiplication. Now, this one is the most important one, and this is really what I felt the Lord telling me to preach on this morning. Those ones are more just prophetically things I see coming. Would you turn your Bible open, please, to the book of Luke, chapter 10? Luke, chapter 10, your I Bible or your any kind of Bible you got. Luke, chapter 10. Who brought their Bible to church? Oh, that's awesome. Who brought their iPhone to church? That's good, too. I can, not too many Samsungs, praise God. Um, Jacob, hey, Bubba, hey, come here, you want to come, yeah, sorry, he's pointing at me, hey, bud, did you bring your Bible? Uh-oh, where are you headed? <coughs> Up your okay, Luke chapter 10, who's there? Wait, you there? Sammy, you want to take him? Just in case I, I don't know what to do with him. I love him. He's so beautiful. That boy is so beautiful. Who loves children? Who loves your child more than any other child? Isn't that so cool? 
You know why you love them? You're like, I love my kid because they, they came from you. That's a good insight into how God sees you because you came from him. Luke chapter 10. Let's go down to verse 38. Let's read this together. Now it happened as they entered a certain village, a certain woman named Martha welcomed him, being Jesus, into her house. She had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. She approached him, this is Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me alone here to serve? Therefore, tell her to help me. Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed. Read this again from verse 40. Martha was distracted with much serving. She approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken from her. The biggest word of encouragement I feel for our family this year is that the Spirit of God is going to restore your secret places. Now, I can tell you the truth. There is a war over your heart. The war is not always the devil. The war is good things, good friends. Those things are all wonderful and important. But the most important and the one thing that's needed in the earth is that you would know Jesus. You know, if I say, Mom, let's go get some food. Dad, let's go to dinner. Or let's go tomorrow night for dinner. I, I never get in the car feeling a hindrance to that spaghetti bowl. I never get in the car thinking, my goodness, what kind of gravy will they have at that restaurant? There's never a question in my heart or a resistance to my thought about why I'm going to be with them. But whenever I think to myself, I'm going to take two hours out of my time and go into the secret place, it feels like something wants to stop me. You ever experienced that? Why? Martha came to Jesus and she basically said, Jesus, I'm serving. I'm a good girl. Look at all this stuff I'm doing. Jesus, not that he doesn't honor a servant, but he said to Martha, he said, Martha, first of all, not only are you serving, but you're troubled and you're worried. In other words, what you're doing with your life and all the service that you're doing with your life is actually masking your own trouble. Well, hang on, that, that, that might not have gone in. Yeah, I'll say, it, I'll say it again. What she was doing, all her serving, was actually masking her inward trouble. I, I'm gonna just clean the dishes. Have you ever met someone like that? They can't sit still. 
They have to do something. I'm gonna clean, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this thing. And it looks amazing. Wow, what a servant. Often, yes, and they probably still have a great heart of serving, but often what it is, is something on the inside is troubling them. Some part of their destiny is being robbed from them or there's confusion or there's brokenness. They have some kind of a, a foot in a snare and they feel that they have to do something in order to block and mask that pain. But when you ask them to sit before the Lord alone and in silence and be quiet, it's exceptionally difficult. The reason it's difficult is because there's a lot being troubled and worried on the inside. But Mary being, and now both of them are amazing women of God. Jesus loved them both. It's Lazarus' sisters here. And, and he loved the whole family. He raised Lazarus from the dead. He loved the family. He didn't condemn Martha. He didn't say, Martha, you're wrong and you're stupid and you're bad. He just said to her, he said, look, what you're trying to do is you're trying to take a person who's in the right position their position in front of my face. The one thing that earth needs is people to know me, Martha. You're making sandwiches, but how many of you know that you don't get brownie points with Jesus for making sandwiches he didn't order? You don't get, he doesn't clap for you. Thank you so much for those fries and those chips. I, I'm so thankful for the chips that I never ordered. Distraction comes in many forms, but what I personally find is when I'm distracted and the secret place that Jesus is calling me to be intimate, I find that I'm troubled and I'm worried about something. I find that there's a place in my will that doesn't wanna yield or it's distracted. And when I'm like that, all of a sudden, all of a sudden when I'm like that, I feel in my spirit that I, I'm in a, a war and I'm torn between what I know I really need and what I'm doing. Some of you this coming year, the Lord wants to actually remove from you, not what you do, but remove your motivation for doing it. He wants to bring back a pure and holy motivation to you. So that in your spirit, you understand, okay, in 2019, I'm gonna do what the Upper Room T-shirt said. I'm bringing the ark back into my life. I'm refusing to be distracted, even if it means this thing. Now, I can tell you right now, I can look at this and, and, and lift my head 40 minutes later. And I'm like, where did 40 minutes go? Where did me looking at all these little Insta things and, and these, these Facebook things, where did that 40 minutes go? I can do that easily. I feel zero resistance to doing that. When I open the scriptures and then I hear my phone buzz, which one has more pull on me? That's how I know, that's how I know where my life with Jesus really is. If I'm able to sit with him and do the one thing that's necessary for Fire Church, for Australia, for this awakening that's happening in our country, the one thing that God needs you to do is look him in the eyes. You need to. That's the one thing necessary. I know I'm hitting the same hammer on the same, the same nail, but it needs to be understood that there's nothing evil about a phone. There's nothing evil about going to dinner with your friends. There's nothing essentially wrong with doing good things. The only thing, time that it gets wrong and the only time serving gets wrong is when you're serving to mask pain or you're avoiding Jesus Christ in the secret place. And most Christians, just to be honest with you, most believers avoid the Lord. What I mean by that is God is in our 24-7 life, Right? God is in when I pick up Jacob and go, hey, Jacob, God's in it all. Everything's an act of worship. But for our church, God wants to be specific on certain things. Martha could have easily turned to Jesus and said, hang on, doesn't the scripture say in Romans, which wasn't written yet, but she, couldn't, she could have said, doesn't it say in the Bible somewhere that do all things unto God? All things are an act of service and worship because that's what the word says. True, all things are an act of worship, but not all things are an act of intimacy. Let me explain what I mean by that. You can do like this. I can pick up Jacob and go, I love you and feel the love coming out of me. I feel intimate with the Lord when I do that. But when I'm alone with him, when you're alone with your wife, 
You don't, while you're alone with your wife, sorry for the graphic display of what I'm about to say. Don't imagine it. Now that I've told you not to, you probably will. But uh, don't, don't imagine what I'm saying. Just imagine two married couples under a doona. There's, no, there's nothing but a doona, okay? All you can see is a doona right now, all right? They're hugging each other, but there's a big white doona covering them both, right? You don't see anything, all right? Imagine if while they're hugging each other, and they're kissing a little bit, and the, and the wife's kissing the husband on the cheek there, and they're, and they're loving, I love you, and there's a bist. Keep the white doona there. Don't go anywhere else. There's a big white doona wrapped around them, but the husband all of a sudden starts looking over the side of her shoulder and starts texting. What does that say? Hang on one second. Hang on one second, one second. One second. No, 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 one second, one second. This guy, it's, he's on Facebook Live. What, hang on. What does it say? What it says is this. It says something inside me, when I come face to face with my wife, something inside me is running from this place. I can't be free here. I love this song that a friend of mine wrote this year. It says, teach me how to be in your presence. I love that because you and I need to actually be taught and instructed how to be in the presence of God. This year, the Lord wants to take away the distraction that is affecting you. He doesn't want you to stop being a servant. As I mentioned before, that place of God making new lanes for you to run and do stuff, that works in the context of this. If the first place is God, everything works. For a church, though, I feel that the enemy has attacked us a little bit. And, and what I feel he's done is he hasn't attacked us as in like, you need to do more. In fact, I believe fire is a real church of doing. It's not a church of saying we are people that will go to the street. We'll, we will go to a prayer meeting. We will go and we'll give our finances. We'll hire a stadium. We're doing people. But at the core of who we are, we're intimate people. But I feel in my spirit that there has been an attack on our intimacy. And I don't know why. I just know this, that the most effective you is the one that looks him in the eye. And, and I believe that not only for the sake of how effective we are, but for the sake of your own personal history with the Lord, that this one thing is needed in your life and it needs to be guarded. So how do you guard it? Keith Green once made a statement. He said to his wife, I'm gonna get up at like 6 a.m. every morning, I'm gonna pray. And then after like four days, he stopped. He was really down on himself. He's like, I can't believe I, I tried to do that. It's not those internal commitments where I'm, I'm gonna do this. It's more of a decision by decision thing, in my opinion. It's more of a like God says, would you come and pray? Now, have I ever preached to you here about the flickering light that happened? Did I tell you about that? When the Lord would do that, he was inviting me into history. I only had one shot at that time in my life with him. Now, I can come back to God and say, God, I'm sorry, I wasted four years here, and, and I was there, and I was distracted. I was working my guts out, and, uh, and I couldn't, you know, take my eyes off my work. I was engrossed in what I do, and I found it very difficult just to come with you and experience your presence and feel your acceptance. I was engrossed in my doing. If I was like that with the Lord, I can come back to him, and he can restore quickly. But better than restore is just to have a healthy, intimate life with God. A married couple that needs counseling because of their intimacy lack is not a healthy couple. A Christian that needs to be counseled constantly to go to God is not a healthy Christian. If we can make a decision in our heart, God, you said seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I want the ark back in my life. I don't care if I've worked 10 hours that day. I do not care. On my drive home for that hour, I am having you. I want to know you, God. If you can make that choice in your life because that one thing is needed in the earth, 
is that you know Jesus. You can't break off a piece of living bread if you don't know what living bread tastes like. You can't say that Jesus can set you free if you don't understand how much he can give you in the secret place. I've had so many experiences in my life in the secret place that has shaped my history and future with God. It shaped the way I look at him. It shaped the way I look at people. Honestly, it's been the biggest blessing to my life. And I'm sure if you look back, the most amount of you understanding and confirming of the love of God in you has been when you're alone with the Lord. If you lay on a couch, I encourage people, try new things. You know when they say to people, marriage counselor, well, try new stuff, you know, be a bit more passionate. Well, I encourage you to do the same. If people say, if people say to you, oh, you're being, you're being a weirdo, then say, good, I'm being a weirdo for Jesus. I don't mean the secret places and you have to sit there and, and, and sit there and cross your legs and ask the Lord to come with you. I, I'm not saying that you're asking for His presence with your legs crossed where you look like you're meditating like one of those Christian monks. I'm not saying that. I'm saying if God says to you, would you go down to the Mornington Beach for a walk? Then you hold Him hand in hand and walk. I'm just saying that don't hide behind what you do. Put him first and then what you do will be natural and then you'll run in your lane for Jesus, with Jesus, by him. You won't run by your strength because when people run by their strength, they burn out. Jesus had to say to Martha, he said, you're troubled and you're worried about many things. What an interesting response when she just said this, I've got five plates in my hand. Can you get her to help me serve? Why didn't he go, oh, she's doing that. You just keep serving. You know what he said? You're worried and troubled. He pointed at her heart motivation. You're serving because you're, you're hiding behind your lack of intimacy. I'm right here. Come and sit at my feet. Somebody will do those dishes. Somebody will take care of that stuff. I'm the God who multiplies bread. Come and sit with me. Hey, boys, I love these fellas. Look at them. They're so beautiful. I love kids, man. They're awesome. Jacob just patted Zaya on the butt there, I think. Look at them. They're so beautiful. Little kids, let me tell you something. Do you feel welcome at the throne of God? I don't always. I'd be lying to you if I said I always do. Little kids do. My mom, or Jacob, can run up to his mom, Kat. Zaya can run up to Emma. She can, he can just run up and jump all over her. He doesn't go, are you my mom? Are you, is it okay if I jump on you? He knows who he is. There's no resistance to their relationship. Resistance only comes through distance. They're familiar with each other. In a, in a way, we need to be in a way, in a, in a right way, familiar with the Lord. We need to feel like it's okay for me to just stop my car on the side of the road and worship for 30 minutes. But, but honey, you're supposed to be home by 6.30. I've cooked dinner for you. Sweetheart, I'm, I, the Lord's just really touching me. Can we do seven? If someone in your life is inflexible to you loving God, that's a problem. You need to encourage them. Sweetheart, I'm gonna worship for 30 minutes. Thank you for cooking dinner. Can you keep it hot for me? But while I'm worshiping, feel free to, to worship as well. Feel free to seek God. Feel free to love God. Do you know what? Nobody in church attacks a worker. You know who they attack? Intimate people. No one, people will go, oh, I see that person every week. They stack the chairs. Everyone will, it's amazing. But when someone's just like, you know why they attack Heidi Baker? Because she abandons herself. She throws herself at the throne of God when they're expecting her to preach a five-point message and she will not do it. She just goes with what God says and goes, I love you, I love you. And all of a sudden, all these people, a thousand people in a room are weeping and the pastor could not produce that in 500 years. He could tell them, you come down the front and weep now because of my three points. She goes and does it and her broken open life 
creates a huge breakthrough for others. What is distracting you? I wanna talk to some of you men for a second. Some people in our country teach men to not be emotional. That is rubbish. Some people in our country teach men to not be intimate, weeping before the Lord, expressive. They teach you, shut down your emotions, be a strong person. That, if you look at the Bible, every man, mainly men are talked about in the Bible, women as well are talked about, but mainly the prophets, so a lot of them were men. Those people were so eccentrically intimate that it would scare you and I, and yet they were the kings and rulers of nations. What's wrong with us? What are we hiding from? If the Holy Spirit says to you, can you just, right now, you've got that little chair that you brought that kicks up so you can watch TV. Can you use that chair right now as a soaking tool and just kick your feet up? The Lord doesn't mind if you're comfortable. Kick your feet up and just adore the Lord and get lost in His presence. If you can do that, and you begin to weep, and that tenderization begins to happen in your heart. That's why I love Daniel so much. He's such a big man. He's six foot seven, but he's a very tender man. He's a gentle man. You can look at it when you look in his eyes. You can see he's gentle. When you have tenderness and have intimacy, you have power. When you shut your own heart down and you avoid the Lord, you have zero power. You have zero influence. God can't bless us if we think we're Martha and we pretend in our mind we're also Mary. He can only bless us if we have it this way around. We're Mary first and then we're Martha. Right? Now I'll ask the women. I'll talk to the women. Some, some people have told me, like, I'm a mother. I don't have time to spend with God. That's not true. You do. Mothering's not easy. I've never had a baby, but I can, by holding Jacob one day, I nearly broke my arm by holding the kid. And I'm like, I don't know how mothers do it. I have no idea. I held him one day and my arm did not work for like two days. Like, what happened to me? And I was like, and I felt my, I'm like, you little weakling, Ben. Mothers hold babies with their leg. They hold everything. And I was so admiring mums after holding him for one day. I was just like, ugh. And uh, now I just chuck him on the couch, you know. Um, but I've had people tell me, oh, Ben, but I'm a mother and, and my baby gets to bed or my kids get to bed at 8 p.m. and I don't have time with God. The same statements come out of people's mouths and I know that they watch their favorite shows. I know they watch Instagram. You've gotta be creative. Imagine you and your husband after you have your first kid, you're like, oh, gee, our intimate life's gone downhill. Why? Because now we have a kid. That's an excuse. That's an excuse. Because the same people usually watch their favorite show, they text all their friends back, sometimes even more they watch their favorite show. What is stopping us from the secret place? What is hindering us from being raw and abandoned before God? I'd like to propose to you this is it, these three areas, and then I'm gonna pray for you. It's pain, it's shame, it's simply distraction. Pain is one. When you're in pain in your soul, you haven't dealt with pain in your heart, you don't understand, you created value, you've got pain inside, something happened with your dad years ago, or someone cussed you out and yelled at you and you're hard in your heart, you didn't forgive them there, pain can stop you from intimacy. Pain makes you think that God disappointed you, Pain makes you think things didn't go the right way with the Lord. Pain can stop you from coming to the secret place. You know why? Because God is an all-consuming fire. When you come to him, everything inside you will be exposed. Just tell me, Alex, when I'm done. I don't know exactly what time. Pain will cause you to be exposed. If you're in pain, you won't go to God often. You'll go to other people. You'll, pull, you'll, you'll, put them, you'll, you'll marry everything, uh, master everything. You, I'm, no, I'm just serving. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you. You'll cover your pain. 
If you deal with it with the Lord and go, God, I'm in pain. I don't know what happened, but two years ago, that really hurt me and my heart turned. And God, I never forgave. Forgive me for not forgiving. If you don't watch over this thing, you will not go to Jesus with it. It'll get hard. This is really serious. I know it doesn't sound fun, but it's really serious for us for 2019. God wants us to bring the ark back. The second reason why we don't go to God is because of shame. You did something wrong. Or you feel constantly, I'm not enough. And so when you feel that way, if you don't feel like you're enough for God and you're not doing enough and you don't feel you are enough, you'll avoid him. Because your perspective is that every time you come to him, you need to be more. That's not true either. You're accepted as a beloved child. Come boldly, Hebrews says, to the throne of grace that you might find help in time of need. Right? And the third reason is just simple distraction. You, you started playing a video game that you thought, oh, this will be cool. I'll play it like twice a week. And all of a sudden, it's 12 hours a week. Or you started watching, this is my favorite series, my favorite show. That happened to me with a show called The Office. Anyone know The Office? I started watching. I'm like, I like The Office. Next minute, I told mom, I was like, mom, I bought the whole series. Every night, every night for like three months, I made them sit down with me. I'm like, watch this new episode. I've got all the episodes. And I watched him and I watched him and I watched him. I must have watched, man, I feel I've probably got 800 hours in my head of the office. And, uh, and I can honestly look back and go, I don't have much to show for that. There was moments I knew when the Lord, I, there was moments, okay? He doesn't mind me watching the office, but I remember there was moments where those two things conflicted and the Lord said, turn it off and be with me. And guess what I did? I watched episode five. What does that say to God? It says, in this case, Lord, you're my second priority. What that says to my future is this, the thing I need most, I'm putting last, which means what my future holds the most of, I'll have the least of. What my destiny holds the most for, I'll have the least of. So pain, shame, and distraction. How many of you feel like sometimes it's pain inside you that keeps you from intimacy? Be honest. Okay. How many of you feel it's shame, like you've done something wrong or you don't feel like you're enough? You can corporately worship here, but it's a different story when you're at home. How many of you feel like that? It's okay if you put your hand up. How many of you feel like actually at the moment, in the last year, <clears throat> you can sense that there has been an incredible distraction to you? Oh, now look at that, how many hands there are for there. That's probably 80% of the church. <clears throat> Why don't you stand? We're gonna pray. In fact, make sure you grab your stuff with you because we don't want anybody to, uh, to leave a wallet or anything. But if you feel that's you, one of those areas, why don't you just come before the Lord and kneel before him down here? Just come, just come and kneel before the Lord for a minute. Bring your little bag or your stuff with you. Just bring, just come and kneel if that's you. If you felt like that's me, I, wanna, I just want an intimate moment with the Lord right now. I feel like if I just ended this with a corporate prayer, it would be an injustice to what the Lord wants to do in your heart. Why don't you come down? Just come. Bring your stuff or your husband, wife, can, someone can hold the stuff for you. Just come and lay before God for a second, even if it's all of you. Even if you have a kid. I know it's gonna be hard if you have a kid. If you have a child with you just there, just sit down on your chair with your child next to you and just begin to open your heart to the Lord. This year, God's gonna give us these new lanes to run in. It's gonna be fire. It's gonna be incredible. There's gonna be a lot of multiplication, businesses, creativity, finances, increase. There's gonna be governmental influence. There's gonna be new things, sounds. Stuff is gonna come out of our house. But before all of that, <laughs> we're gonna learn to look Jesus face to face in the eyes. And we're gonna learn to let our heart be real with Him and to bear our heart with Him. 
And I just wanna pray for some of you. I know the prayer team's here as well. They're probably gonna go and lay hands on people right now and just start praying one by one. People are gonna touch your shoulder and, and just pray for you that God would grant to you to be free of the shame or the pain. But while you're down here and while you're up there or you're sitting back there, just say to Him, Father, I'm sorry that, or whatever it might be, God, I'm sorry. My heart's become hard the last three months or I've become distracted. Whatever it is that's going on, say, Father, I wanna lay this down. I don't wanna serve and do and do and do and push away this stuff. Just ask Jesus to take you back to the place of intimacy. So Heavenly Father, I pray in the authority of the name of Jesus, I ask you that our church, that this church, this family, would know the face of their Father. I ask you, Lord, that everything inside their life that is holding them back from really being yours, distracting them, it could even be a relationship that's a distraction. I pray that you'd remove it, Father. And God, I pray specifically this one, particularly this one, I pray this one thing that is needed. I pray that they would have what you want them to have. This one thing is needed on the earth. A person who can make time to walk on the beach, to sit in front of God in their bedroom, to sit on that couch and just say, thank you, Jesus, and read the Scriptures. One thing is needed, God, is that we as a church would be healthy in our intimacy, that we'd know you. So in that place, I wanna break this spirit off. I sense it. I command the spirit that is in your lives that tells you you are not enough. I command that spirit in the authority of Jesus' name. Get out of their lives now. I command any spirit that says to your soul, you don't do enough, so don't bother coming to the throne of God. You don't do enough, you haven't prayed enough. Any spirit that constantly sets you back instead of sets you running to the throne of grace, I command that demon, we command that spirit, get out of their life now in Jesus' Name. Leave this church now. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Leave in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this and other resources and information, go to our website, firechurch.com.au.